Now, our Bible reading tonight is taken from Mark chapter 10, and I want to read from the verse 46 right through to the verse 52. For those who have joined us tonight, I just want to say that we're dealing with the theme this past couple of Sunday nights of amazing conversions in the Bible. So if you keep that in mind, then let's turn our attention to the Bible reading. Mark chapter 10, and we're in verse 46. Let's hear the word of the Lord, reading, of course, from the authorized version. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then he charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text tonight is taken from Mark chapter 10, Verses 46 right through to 52. And my theme this evening is simply entitled The Amazing Conversion of Blind Bartimaeus. The Lord Jesus Christ is only weeks away from his arrest, his unjust trial, and subsequent crucifixion at Mount Calvary. He is en route to Jerusalem. And on his journey to Jerusalem, he makes a detour and pays a visit to the city of Jericho. Now, the city of Jericho is one of the oldest inhabited, continuous cities in the whole of the world. It's known as the City of Roses. And if you go there, of course, it's a very smelly and dirty place. But on his way through the city, he healed a man. A large crowd followed him. And on his way out of the city, a blind man called Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd told him to be quiet. Hold thy peace. He cried out the louder. We read, Jesus stood still. He commanded the man to be brought to him. The people told Bartimaeus, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth for thee. The man cast away his garment he came to Christ. The Lord Jesus asked him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The man answered, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And we're told, Go thy way. 
That's what he said to Bartimaeus. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the story ends with immediately the man receiving his sight and following Jesus in the way. And that's really a summary of the biblical narrative as it's told about Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. Now what can we learn about this amazing change and this wonderful transformation in the life of Bartimaeus? Let me suggest four things. First of all, the pitiful condition of Bartimaeus. Look with me at verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Now I want you to think of the words blind Bartimaeus. That's how the people referred to him. That's how the people described him. He was known as blind Bartimaeus. It was a sort of a a nickname that the inhabitants of Jerusalem had given to him. Literally, this man was living in total darkness. Now, how or the way he was struck blind, we don't know. We're not told. Was it some birth defect? Was it a dreadful disease that robbed him of sight as a child? Was he wounded at work? Was there a a terrible incident? Did he suffer a form of conjunctivitis? We're not told. We're just given the fact that he was called unknown and referred to as blind Bartimaeus. Now, Now think of this. Where does he live? Jericho. Jericho was known as the city of roses. City of palm trees. Even though it's a dirty place, it's a beautiful place. And yet he could not see the palm trees. He could not see the roses. He had no view of earth's beauty. You you, you think tonight of the loss of vision. Uh, Being blind to not only palm trees and roses, but blind to the sun. Blind to the moon. Blind to the stars. Blind to the sea of faces all around him. Surely it would be terrible to be blind physically. We could say, well, that is a a pitiful handicap. Surely it would be terrible not to be able to to see, to, to lose one's sight. And yet, spiritually speaking, that's a clear picture of us all by nature. Because there's something worse tonight than physical blindness, even though it's a dreadful, pitiful condition, and that is spiritual blindness. To be in spiritual darkness. Not being able to see ourselves as we really are. Not being able to see by faith who the Lord Jesus Christ is and and what he can do. Listen to the word of God as it's found there in the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter 4. And it was the apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus made this uh, tremendous statement which links in to spiritual blindness and spiritual darkness. This is what he said, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. You think tonight of people who cannot see and understand who Christ is. There's no beauty in him that they should desire him. Others say he's altogether lovely, but they just can't see it. 
They, they can't see and understand what Christ can do for them. They know nothing of his pardon. They know nothing of his peace. They know nothing of his power. Nothing of his presence. They, they, they can't see and understand why Christians get excited about Christ. And they certainly can't see and understand when, when Christ is passing by. They, they see no glory or beauty in Christ. Nothing of his sinless life, his atoning death, his bodily resurrection, his saving ability, his intercession in heaven. You could have a blind person tonight, literally. And you could shine the brightest torch into their eyes and they could see nothing. You could flash the most sparkling of jewel in their eyes and they could see nothing. You think of a, a, a blind man walking at the edge of a cliff. Maybe it's down at Port Rush at the Giant's Causeway. And the man's in a state of calmness. He, he's peacefully taking step after step. He can't see the danger. He, he can't see that he's in the edge of a precipice. He can't see that if he falls, he's going to fall to his death. Why? Because he's blind. And Bartimaeus could not see where he was. He couldn't see what he was. He couldn't even see who he was. He certainly couldn't see himself as he really was. And isn't that a picture of many tonight in Northern Ireland? They can't see themselves, spiritually speaking, as God sees them. They have no perception or understanding of their own sinfulness or depravity. Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? Blindness of heart. Lack of spiritual perception and understanding. You think of a man on the edge of a cliff. You think of a big pothole that a man's about to fall into. And he can't see the danger. He, he, he doesn't see or understand the situation that befalls him. Uh, again, the apostle uh, Paul deals with this particular subject. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, the God of this world is at work. The old devil has blinded the minds of many that don't believe tonight. And that's what the devil's doing in our community. Not only was... Bartimaeus blind, but if you look at the text in verse 46, it gives us something else about it. It tells us that he sat by the highway side begging. The man was not only handicapped, the man was facing hardship. He's in poverty. He has no riches. He has no money. He must have no rich relatives, neither uncles or aunts. We know nothing about his family. And again, isn't that a picture spiritually of every unconverted man and woman outside of Christ? Because they too are not only in spiritual blindness, they're in spiritual poverty. And again, they, they can't see it nor understand it. You, you, you think tonight of the word in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17, the, the, the church of the Laodiceans. And the church was told in Revelation 3 and verse 17, this, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You, you, you think of that. A professing Christian church saying we're rich, we're increased with goods, we have need of nothing and yet 
oblivious to their true spiritual condition, oblivious to the fact that they were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. In other words, they were spiritually bankrupt. Isn't it amazing tonight? Come to this place of admission. Come to this place of acceptance. Not only sightless, but penniless, not rich toward God. Come to the place where you you say, I am nothing and I have nothing and I can do nothing to recommend me to God. Because Bartimaeus was in the poor house. Sightless and penniless. A pitiful condition. And spiritually speaking, it describes the condition of everyone outside of Christ. Many, as I've said, do not see themselves as they really are. They don't see themselves as spiritually blind, lacking understanding and perception. Don't see themselves as spiritually bankrupt, poor and naked and miserable and wretched and blind. And surely the first step to recovery, the first step to healing and the first step to hope, the first step to well-being and wellness is to see our pitiful condition. Notice secondly here, the persistent cry of Bartimaeus. It says in verse 7, 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, do you think of a new day? 6 a.m. It's sunrise in the land of Israel. And this man's waking up. Now, remember, he can't see the sun, although he could feel the, the rays on his body. He's blind. He's a beggar. He, he makes his way outside the city gate. And he picks a spot by the highway and he sits there begging for alms, begging for food. Maybe someone will give him clothes, an old blanket or a, a, a coat or a pair of shoes or something. And here he is in this flourishing city, this city of palm trees and roses. And a large crowd begin to pass by. They're coming out of the gate. And he hears the crowd mentioning the name Jesus of Nazareth. Now, he has heard of this name, obviously. The one who heals the leper, makes the lame to walk, gives sight to the blind. And he's in Jericho. And he's passing through. So his heart and mind begins to race. He begins to think. And as he thinks, he has a desire created in his heart. And he opens his mouth. And what does he cry out? And this is interesting. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He has heard of the Lord Jesus. He's heard of his wonderful exploits, his his merciful works. Maybe he knew Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Maybe he knew Psalm 103, verse 7. The Lord is merciful. I don't know. But outside the city of Jericho, there he is looking for money. And now he realizes my greatest need is mercy. And he cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to understand, he recognized who the Lord Jesus is. He recognized the person of Jesus. He called him Jesus. Isn't that interesting? That's a recognition of his ability. Because the name Jesus means savior. Isn't it written, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Here's a man, and he's no schooling, no scholarship instructing or telling him, 
No books. And yet on that spot, he's exalting the person and work of the Lord Jesus. He recognized Christ's ability. He recognized his humanity. He referred to him as the son of David. A son. He's the perfect man. Notice the reference of David. There's a reference to his nationality. He's related to King David. He's David's greater son. He's Israel's true Messiah. There's a reference to mercy. And I believe that's a reference to the ministry of Christ. Christ has come to be merciful to all who are needy. Remember God in mercy giving us what we do deserve. And what what do we deserve if God treats us that way? Surely we deserve nothing but hell for all eternity. And yet God in mercy giving us what we don't deserve. And what, what, what do we not deserve? We certainly don't deserve pardon from all our sins. We don't deserve peace with God. We, we don't deserve the transforming grace and power of Christ. Bartimaeus wasn't demanding any rights. He realized he had no rights. And men and women, boys and girls, we have no right to heaven. We have no automatic right to salvation. We stand in need of mercy. And here's the glorious truth. God is rich in mercy. He is plenteous in mercy. In fact, as I've said, God is merciful. Psalm 103, it's verse 8. The Lord is merciful. And Bartimaeus has a biblical exalted view of Christ. Who he was and what he needed. And he believed what he heard about the Lord Jesus. There's a story told about a lady called Helen Keller who was blind and deaf from early childhood due to a disease. And she was asked, isn't it terrible to be blind? And you know what she said? Better to be blind and see with your heart than have two good eyes and see nothing. And how many have two good eyes and see nothing because they don't recognize who the Lord Jesus is and what he is about and what he can do for sinners. And this cry, I believe, is a window into Bartimaeus' heart and soul because he's been given by the grace of God a wonderful revelation of Christ. You know, there's a little story told. I believe it was... um, Told by a Baptist pastor. He talked about a couple who went on holiday. An Asian country. They, they needed a break. They were committed to their work and committed to their family. And they needed some time off to recharge their batteries and refresh. And whenever they got to the hotel, I think it was the second night, there was a, a violent storm. And the power of the wind and the waves. And of course they were safe in the hotel. And they were glad of the structure that, that remained steadfast in the height of the violent storm. Well the storm passed and they got up early in the morning. And of course the man wanted to see the damage. So he was up at the scrape of dawn as they would say. And he walked along the shoreline. And to his amazement he saw thousands of red starfish. And there they are lying in the beach. They're helpless and they're dying. And he looked on again and he noticed something else that struck him. A boy was picking up these red starfish and throwing them back into the sea, just one at a time. And he said to the little boy, why are you doing that? What difference will it make? There's thousands, maybe tens of thousands of these little red starfish on the shore. And the boy said, well, 
You think of what difference it makes to one of the starfish. And he went away and thought about that. What a difference it makes to one of the starfish to be rescued from that dying situation and placed back in the water. And he came back and he was thinking about what a difference Jesus Christ makes. When we begin to see and understand who he is, when we begin to see what he's like and, and what he can do for us and how he can pick us up and rescue us from the situation that we're found in and change and transform us. There's a story told by Dennis Lyle of a missionary who went to Africa and the missionary lived and died and he was buried and on his tombstone it was written this inscription when he came no light when he left there was no darkness and isn't that true of Jesus Christ and Jericho at this particular time what a difference Christ made here he is opening the eyes of one who's blind one who's in spiritual poverty and, and this man understands that he's a debt that he couldn't pay. And yet the reality is Jesus Christ came, lived a sinless life, died an atoning death, paid by the shedding of his blood that debt in full for all who will trust him. The Bible tells us there in the book of Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and in the verse 9, it makes a tremendous statement again about the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, let's hear the word of the Lord. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. Can you see the person of Christ tonight? Jesus, thou son of David. Can you see the passion of Christ? Have, have mercy on me, because he is merciful. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He doesn't put us in hell. He treats us in a different way. Can, can you see the power of Christ? Because this man asked blind Barnabas, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? In other words, he had unlimited power. What do, what do you want me to do for you? I can help. I can bring healing. I can bring wellness and well-being into your life. That was the persistent cry of Bartimaeus. Notice something else in the text. The preventative counsel to Bartimaeus. It says in verse 48, And then he charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried, The more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Now here he is calling out to Christ. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. He's crying loudly. And the crowd, they say to him, Hold your peace. In other words, be quiet. In other words, shut up. This man is hindered by the counsel of the crowd. This was a preventative measure. The blind man's an annoyance. The blind man's a nuisance. He's a hindrance. Let's be indifferent to him. This crowd was better off than blind Bartimaeus. They, they had some money, at least, in their pocket. They had clothes in their back. They, they, they had their faculties. They had their family. They had their jobs. They could see. And they, they, they didn't understand how cruel and callous they were to the blind man. And aren't there many in the world, even within the context of family circles, 
And the devil uses individuals to try and prevent other individuals from coming to Christ. Whether it be a husband to the wife, whether it's a wife to the husband, whether it's a workmate, whether it's a female or male acquaintance. We've all heard it. You don't need Christ. You're a good person. You don't need to be saved. Sure, Sure, you go to church. My advice to you, stay away from Christianity. Have nothing to do with Christ. Christianity, oh, that's for fools. That's for old people. That's for the, the children. That, that's a crutch. You don't need that. That's for, for weaklings. And, and how many times we've heard things like this said, and many others, there's no God, or the Bible's not true, or, or it's all a myth, or, or all a fairy story. Or worse still, Jesus doesn't care about you. Jesus doesn't love you. Jesus has more important things to think about than you. Blind Bartimaeus, glory to God, didn't listen to their counsel. Look at what we read in the scriptures. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. You see, he had a desire to be helped. He had a desire to be healed. He didn't want to be blind forever. He didn't want to beg forever. I believe he had a genuine desire that that was passionate and persistent. And he pleads again and again. He, He has an urgent need. What did this blind man need? Food for his belly? Some clothes for his back? Shelter from the elements? Money? What does he cry for? He cries for mercy. You see, he realized his greatest opportunity had come to him. The day of opportunity. The greatest opportunity had come. He could have mercy from Christ. But you know what he also realized, I believe? His greatest opportunity was passing him by. Did did you notice it says in verse 46, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho, do you see that? In and out. This is in one day. This is a, a short time. And Jesus is passing through the gate on the way out towards Jerusalem. Doesn't the Bible say today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation? Doesn't the Bible say, behold, now is accept the time. Now is the day of salvation. Suppose he'd have sat there blind and begging and said nothing. He would have died, I believe, sightless and penniless. This was Christ's last visit to Jericho. He wasn't going to return. Let me ask tonight, when did you hear the call of God? Remember the first time. You've had many times when you heard the call of God to repent and believe the gospel. What if this was the last time to hear the call of God to repent and believe the gospel? Remember the Bible says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. And if you feel tonight the spirit of God at work, and you have a desire in your heart, you'd love to be saved, and you'd love to know Christ in a personal way, and experience his pardon, and enjoy his peace, and know his transforming power, then, then you need to come to Christ. You need to cry out, have mercy on me, despite the counsel of others. Notice one final thing. The powerful cure for Bartimaeus. I want you to think of the action of Christ. It says in verse 49, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. 
Isn't that interesting? And Jesus stood still. Jesus was waiting for Bartimaeus to come. Jesus commanded him to be called. And what did the disciples of the Lord go to him and say? Be of good comfort. Arise. He calleth thee. And we believe tonight in the outward call of the gospel. We believe it's the duty of the ministers and the members to call men and women to come to Christ. Why? Because the Bible says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no ways cast out. Oh, I love that little verse that says, Whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you have a desire to come, then we have a warrant. We, we can say to you tonight, Come to Christ. Come as you are. The Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And as this man came, he had to cast away his cloak. All his hindrances. And I would say tonight, anything that's preventing you to come, you cast it off and get to Christ. Go to him for mercy. Cry out like Peter, Lord, save me, I perish. Not only the action of Christ, but the asking of Christ. If you look at verse 51, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Isn't that lovely? You see, the Savior's calling for a response. And here's the man's reply. Lord, that I might receive my sight. Notice he calls him Lord. There's a recognition of who Jesus is. Not only his ability, not only his humanity, not only his nationality, not, not only his ministry, but his deity. He, he's accepting now that, that Christ is God in the flesh. See, no man can call Jesus Christ Lord except by the Spirit of God, except by the revelation of the Holy Ghost. This was a genuine, heartfelt response to that desire within for mercy. Lord, that I might receive my sight. Has that ever been your experience? What do you want from Christ? What do you need tonight? And notice something, finally, there's an argument here. It says, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. You see, there was evidence that blind Bartimaeus had become a changed and transformed man because it says immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Many years ago in Ontario Hospital, there was a lady called Rose Crawford, no, no connection to families here in this church, I think, and she was blind for 50 years. She was blind from birth as a child. And they performed surgery at the age of 50. And after the surgery and a little time had passed, she was able to see again, at least, while not 100%, she, she had a good degree of vision for the first time ever in 50 years. And boy, was she thrilled. And boy, was she glad. And then she was told by the doctors... We could have performed this surgery 20 years ago, dear. 
Do you mean to say that I have been blind for these 50 years? And when I was age 30, you could have performed the same surgery and I could have had a degree of vision when I was 30 that I'm now enjoying when I'm 50? And the doctor said, that's right. The doctor said, why did you never come? And she said, I figured that nothing could be done for me. And isn't that sad? Because many believe that nothing could be done for them. But here's blind Bartimaeus and he cries for mercy. He's asked, what will thou have me to do? He says, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And we read immediately, without surgery, with no bandages, no time of respite, he received his sight. He began to focus on Christ. What was the greatest sight of all that blind Bartimaeus experienced? The city of palm trees and roses. I believe it was the face of Christ. I believe it was the face of the Lord Jesus. He discovered he is altogether lovely. He not only began to focus on Christ, but he began to follow Christ. It says, in the way. That is the way to Jerusalem. That is the way to Calvary. And this man, he made a decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. And no matter what the personal cost was, he was willing to give up his sin and his lifestyle for Christ. He made a personal commitment. This garment was hindering him that he threw it to the side. The garment of pride, the garment of religion, the garment of ritual was all thrown to the one side and he was personally changed. Let me ask you, is your focus on Christ tonight? Are you a true follower of the Lord Jesus? Let me tell you, this is a finish. In New York, in Central Park, there was an old communist and a born-again Christian sitting having lunch. They worked in the same office. And they were having a little chat. And there's loads, of course, beggars in New York. I think there's about 50,000 at any one time in the streets of New York that need to be looking after. And an old beggar passed by. The communist said to his Christian friend, Do you know what communism could do for that man? He could give him a new suit. And the Christian man looked at him and said, Friend, you're probably right. But let me tell you what Christ and Christianity can do for that man. They can put a new man into the suit. You see, what a difference Jesus Christ makes. Here's the argument. This man's life was immediately and gloriously and wonderfully changed and transformed. He began to focus on Christ. He became a follower of Christ, regardless of the cost and the commitment required, because of what the difference Jesus had made. And that was his cure. And I trust tonight, if you're here, and you're without Christ, you might see your condition, blindless, and penniless in a spiritual sense, And I pray tonight that you might cry out like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, thou son of David, of mercy. And recognize who he is. His person. Recognize his power. Recognize his passion. Recognize his presence. He is passing through the meeting tonight. And despite any counsel that you have not to come. You come because the desire in your heart is there to come. You want to come. And you too can experience this cure. By being introduced to Christ.
Do you hear the master saying tonight, what wilt thou that I should do for thee? What do you need tonight? Do you need salvation? Do you need restoration? Do you need help? Do you need Christ as your best and only friend? Then we would introduce you to the Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening tonight. Let's pray for the word of God.